the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. 2018 is here. Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen here in studio on the official Jets podcast for the first time. Happy New Year, Greens. The New Year. Happy New Year. Yep. Happy New Year. You got any good resolutions? No, I do not have any oh, resolutions. All right. I don't think I've ever done that. Have you? Well, when you say done that, you mean write them down? You mean no, like them? made a, like a promise to myself that uh, December thirty first that I'm going to do this starting January I, one. I don't know if I have like hey, I'm not going to eat chocolate or I'm going to work out <laughs> two hours okay, a not day. Eating, not eating chocolate a, would be blasphemy. as opposed to an hour a day, or maybe I'm going to get my cardio going, or I'm not going to uh, say profanities when I'm mad. I've never done anything where I'm like. When the new year is right on the horizon, okay, it's time to change it up. Uh, okay, that's fine. I don't look at it as a resolution. I look at it as a time to reflect and then maybe Did set you reflect? New goals. Yeah, set new goals, like tweak. Wow, you're tweak very new introspective. Goals. That's surprising yeah. me. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we, set we, new goals. Okay, good for you. Yeah, tweak new but goals. But I don't need the new year to do that. You no, understand no, I, what I'm saying? I, I don't need the new year to do it anyway. I just think that the. The world does it then because it's a time when everyone can turn the page together. Yeah, but the, the world does not turn the page together because there's so many different time zones. So okay. on, on, right. on December 31st, speaking when here. I'm sitting in Foxborough, I mean, Australia's already celebrated, you know, <laughs> and had a couple old cans of Fosters, and, you know, they're already into January 1st. And speaking of New Year's Eve, it was ferociously cold in New England. Yeah. You know, the, the Gillette Stadium is a nice place, I will say that. Uh, the Jets haven't had a lot of success there of late, so I was very happy to get out of New England. But I heard they have good clam chowder in the press box. Yeah, they have clam chowder. Add a little uh, Tabasco and pepper in there. Yeah, clam you, chowder, solid. Tabas- Tabasco is synonymous to whatever EA is eating. Uh, it's, no, it's actually buffaloes. Okay, but, okay. all right. Any kind, of, any kind of hot sauce, how about that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, both... Mike McCagney and Christopher Johnson addressed the media, season-ending news conferences after Todd Bowles talked to the press. And what we know going forward, Greens, is that the Jets aren't happy, that they won five games this year, and they do think they made some progress, mostly in the chemistry department. Uh, With that being said, every year is new, and the Jets are going to add some new pieces right around the corner with the league year beginning in March. They have a lot of money to spend, and Mike McCagnon said... I would probably classify us as being uh, potentially very active in free agency, like, you know, with the, with the cap space, um, and hopefully we can do some things to help move this team forward. The Jets will be very active in free agency. I think if you're a Jets fan, you have to be very excited. You know that the team is going to have some new faces at different positions. Obviously, that goes for the same for every year, but when you don't have an answer at quarterback your offseason becomes very interesting especially through the eye of the fan and that's not to say that Josh McCown won't be back because he very well could but we'll talk about this with Chad Pennington a little later is that he has some tough decisions to weigh whether you know he wants to retire and spend time with his family if he wants to come back yeah and the Jets, Mike McCagan said we'd welcome Josh back well yeah but the Jets have to you know determine ultimately whether he fits in their plans, their immediate plans as well. So Josh McCown is 38 years old. He's coming off a career season. He was uh, 
beloved figure within the organization, and he played tremendously on the field. Let's not take away from what McCown did, and of course he was named team MVP, making those uh, 13 starts. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, but there's going to be some interesting names on the free agency market, oh, yeah. and we're going to have to see how the dominoes fall, and we'll learn about. Uh, different teams' plans in the weeks and months ahead. Oh, and by the way, the Jets have the sixth overall pick, so definitely going to be some opportunities to plug up some holes with marquee players through the draft, through free agency. Obviously, it's a time-will-tell game as of now because it's January and nothing comes but to fruition he, until March. But the landscape is so much different than last year because last year we went in, yes, the Jets won five games in 2017 and won five games in 2016. But after the 2016 season, we were wondering what was going to be the futures of Brandon Marshall and Nick Mangold and Darrell Revis and Nick Folk and Breno Giacomini and Brian Fitzpatrick and all those guys. The Jets parted ways with a lot of veterans who had contributed here. And some of them had contributed for a long time. Some of those guys are going to be Ring of Honor uh, inductees for this organization. And a couple of them could be Hall of Famers. David Harris is a guy who's trying to get a Super Bowl ring with the New England Patriots right now. But the Jets had to part ways with a lot of guys last offseason. This offseason is a completely different feel because it's going to be who fits us. Yeah. we got to make our additions now. You have a lot more flexibility going into this offseason, and I think the Jets are going to get a lot better not only with what they do in free agency, but also with the draft, because you mentioned number six overall. They got three picks in the top 49. Yep. Pair twos, courtesy of the Sheldon Richardson deal. And how good does that deal look right now? Sheldon Richardson, a very talented player, no doubt about that. But he could become a free agent himself. And the Jets picked up Jermaine Curse, and they have an additional second-round pick. And even though free agency, the league year, turns in March, the Jets will have opportunities to re-sign their own players until that point so they never hit the market. So the guy that sticks out to me other than Josh McCown is Demario Davis yep. because he came here in June, had a tremendous year. He loved it here. And he loves it here. Yep. And he was the leader of the defense. So that's someone that you career look for. Career year. I mean, all these guys I mean, had a career year. Yeah. You got you to give McCown a lot of credit. You, you think of Demario Davis, uh, a 2012 draft pick. He goes and uh, spends his first couple years here, then he goes to uh, Cleveland, but McKagan acquired him in a swap for Kevin Pryor. Who's Cal whoop. Yeah, like you said, Kevin Pryor, no longer in the National Football League. A nice signing with Morris Claiborne, who worked with the Jets training staff throughout the year, and he stayed healthy for most of the year. I know he battled uh, some various ailments, but Morris Clay Morgan gave you a lot. Austin Safarian Jenkins was a waiver claim in 2016. He had a career year. And, of course, you think about what McCown gave you, uh, free agent signing last March. So uh, you got to give McCagnon a lot of credit for yep. some of these guys he picked up. You mentioned the other day in my office the trade for Terrence Brooks before this season. A guy who gives you some depth at the safety position. They acquired him from the Eagles in exchange for uh, Dexter McDougal. So the list goes on and on. We saw Coney Ely making some early contributions. But uh, listen. Your boy, Xavier Cooper. Exa oh, Coop, yep. Uh, Cooper played well for the defensive line uh, down the stretch. But, hey, things can change in a hurry in the National Football League. And I was just talking to Leonard Williams about it during his 
season-ending uh, interview with us, the content team, and I said, isn't it weird? You've been in the league for three years, and you came in, and everybody's talking about this defensive line. David Snacks Harrison was here, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson. My point is, Greens, things change in a hurry in the National Football League. All right, let's check in with Chad Pennington. Hello? Chad. Hey, man. How Good are morning. you? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, buddy. How are you? Good. It's me and Greenberg. What's up, Chad? Hey, man. So how have you been down there in Kentucky for the new year? Well, fellas, we've been freezing as well, but we had a deep freeze. We didn't get the cyclone to hit us, but we certainly felt the cold air for sure. Have you been letting the horses out of the barn, or are they staying in the stables a lot? So I was taking them out to get a little sunshine and some exercise, then taking them back to the to the barn, uh, especially overnight, no doubt. Okay, so Chad, when you look back at the Jets' season, they finished with a 5-11 and record. That's the exact mark that they had in 2016, but we've been talking about it on the podcast throughout the year. We sh- uh, This team showed a lot of signs of progress. And on a macro level, uh, what did you see from the Jets this season, and what do they got to do moving forward? Well, I think, first of all, you you did see a, a staff who um, really got a lot out of the team. I thought that the staff did a really good job of scheme and, and putting the players in positions to make plays and trying to develop some of the young talent on the team. I thought that was a plus, no doubt. Uh, obviously, you have to be excited about your two safeties, uh, your young linebackers. You feel like you have speed there. Um, if there was one part of the defense that may have underperformed a little bit at, at times, and, and it probably would be due to the fact of um, losing players as well as not having some cohesiveness there, maybe in the defensive line just a little bit, may, may need to expect a little bit more from the defensive line, just being able to be able to get pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz um, as much. But for the most part, the defensive effort was solid. Uh, offensively, you, you saw some uh, – signs of uh, shining moments of players that really came into their own. Robbie Anderson, uh, Blaw Powell, I thought Safarian Jenkins really did a good job at, uh, at tight end, and, and, and Josh McCown had some nice moments as a quarterback. And so uh, you take take some of those positives and then look, where can the team get better? Where can it really make strides? And I think obviously everyone's first question and wanting an answer would be at the quarterback position where is the the team headed uh, as far as the quarterback position is concerned. Chad, what's the thing you like most about this team? Because we've touched on a number of things throughout the season, but if you were trying to convince someone on the side of the road that the Jets are pointed in the right direction, what do you point to? Well, first of all, I point to uh, just the film and the games that all of us watched uh, and and being able to see how the team was in just about every game they played. That's the first step of being competitive week in and week out. And now it's about adding the right pieces to not only be competitive, but now turn those close losses into victories and being able to vie for a playoff spot. Josh McCown is 38 years old. His family resides back in Texas. This past season he set career highs in completions, completion percentage, 67% passer this year and touchdowns passing touchdowns with 18 he also made a career high 13 starts he loved it here 
He was a great presence in the locker room. The Jets appreciated his contributions. Now we turn to the business side of pro football. What do the Jets have to do as they evaluate their position? And conversely, what does Josh have to do as he looks forward now? Well, personally, Josh has to take a look at what he wants to get accomplished um, with his family. I know that he has uh, kids now that are getting up in age in the middle school years, moving into high school, and those are such precious years to be involved with your boys and your girls and watch them grow. And uh, I can say that because I'm going through that right now. That's so right. That's something personally for him. Uh, that's a tough decision to make. And so it will be interesting to see what he decides to do. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he decided to, uh, you know, say that this was his last year playing and, uh, and he'll move back to Texas and and really focus on his family. That would not surprise me. But at the same time, it would surprise me the other way either if he wanted to stay a couple of years. That's going to be a decision between he and, uh, and his wife and, and trying to make the best decision for their family. Um and then moving forward, you know, looking at the quarterback position, I think it's really, really interesting because it can go so many different ways yep. based upon free agency and draft and who you already have in the room. Uh, I was talking with uh, a good friend of mine, Byron Leftwich, uh, the other day, and uh, he just finished up coaching with Arizona this year. But and I thought he made an interesting point. He said that you know, for him, having three quarterbacks in the room is, is crucial to the success of that room, the two-quarterback system, he doesn't believe works as well. Um, and that whole dynamic of, of who those three quarterbacks are um, can really help determine how successful you are in that room as far as a young guy you're developing, a veteran who's keeping the room stable, and then your starter. Whatever that dynamic is is very important, and I thought that was an interesting point that he made. So we have a lot of time to talk about quarterbacks who potentially will hit the market uh, in March. It's January right now, and a couple guys who just declared for the 2018 NFL Draft. Josh Rosen from UCLA, Sam Darnold from up the street at USC. The Jets picking number six overall. Here's the NFL Draft order for you, Chad. Cleveland at number one, the Giants at number two, Indianapolis at number three. Cleveland again at number four. That's not a misprint. And then Denver at number five. <laughs> you think about three teams up there before the Jets. They could be in a market potentially for a quarterback. Cleveland, the Giants. Eli Manning's had a tremendous career, as you know. Competed against them a number of times throughout your career as a pro, Chad. And then the Denver Broncos, who I think have a playoff roster. They did not get playoff caliber quarterbacking at any point this season, and we'll have to see what happens in pro free agency in the trade market, but uh, what do you think about the Jets' position? I mentioned those two top quarterbacks, then you got Josh Allen, uh, who is entering the draft out of Wyoming as well. A lot of people are high on Baker Mayfield out of Oklahoma, Lamar Jackson out of Louisville, Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State, so the list goes on and on. What do you think about the Jets' position right now at number six overall? And with the money they have to spend in free agency, you know, addressed a lot of areas, so a lot to handle there for you. Well, it, it's actually a, it's unique and it's a little bit tricky. I think um, your evaluations in your scouting department are, are really critical here as far as the college talent uh, as well as the free agent talent. 
their work is cut out for them this off season. It is not uh, very clear at all uh, as far as what could and could not happen. What do you know about any of these guys just yet? And uh, I believe you told me the other day you'll be down in uh, Mobile, Alabama, working for the NFL legends again. Um, so at the Senior Bowl, you'll be able to see Josh Allen practice. You'll be able to see Baker Mayfield practice. But what, what do you know just from your cursory glances at these guys when you're not shuttling the boys back and forth and running the football leagues down there? Uh, and you're so involved with USA Football as well, uh, doing tremendous things. But what do you know about any of these guys who are going to be drafted here in a few months? Well, I think uh, the three top uh, quarterbacks there in the draft, um, Josh Allen, uh, there has always been a huge concern on completion percentage. Yep. Uh, when your completion percentage in college is sitting there at uh, in the 50s, um, that, that to me is a concern. Um, and that's where you really have to determine, okay, was that based on decision-making? Was it based on pure inaccuracy? What does the film tell you? why that completion percentage is like that because you should see an uptick in completion percentage as a guy progresses through his career um with sam darnold i think decision making is is one of his uh you saw this year where um decisions were being made that were questionable and certainly put their team in in bad situations sometimes so you really got to take a look at that and then with josh rosen i think you've really got to try to evaluate what he's all about um is he a guy that is about himself or is he a guy that you know can really come in and have those leadership qualities needed to be the ceo uh, of your offense and quite frankly of your organization when it comes to in between the white lines i think those are the three big questions for those three guys we're going to find out a lot about all these guys here coming up in the next couple months with the combine the pro days like i mentioned a couple of those guys will be at the senior bowl but I'll tell you what, the guy who not every Saturday had the greatest stats in the world because I think people were stacking the box left and right against him. For my money, Saquon Barkley might be the best overall player in the entire draft. There's no question. Eric, he's kind of been a forgotten guy. Uh, people were so hot on him uh, early in the season. And, and when you watch him play, I mean, he is, uh, gosh. Barkley off the left side. Here he goes. Look at the speed. Oh, my goodness. seamless and, and easy uh, and you know that they're not um, and, and you can certainly see where he could be an instant game changer uh, for any team that he's drafted by uh, he has that ability to, to really change the direction of a team uh, pretty quickly um, because of what he can do on the field Chad last question for me here is what's your philosophy of quarterbacks through free agency versus the draft because obviously the big question with the draft is the quarterback going to be successful in the NFL and usually top guys that are drafted you know one two six whatever it may be those are guys that fans are clamoring to start from day one whereas through free agency yes you're spending more money but you're also getting you, you theoretically know what you're getting in the person you bring in the building. Well, the decision that has to be made and has to be thought about is when if you bring in a free agent, 
what type of free agent is he? Is he the type that understands that he um, is going to be the guy for a couple of years and needs to groom a young guy? Some guys can do that. Some guys can't. Uh, and you have to understand when you're bringing in that free agent, is he capable of doing that? Are you bringing in a free agent that's just a starter period and you're not even worried about the draft? That that's, that's the other thing. And so that's the decision that really has to be made. And sometimes that's not there's not enough emphasis put on that as far as the, the man that you're bringing in to the locker room and into the building and what he brings to the table other than just playing on the field because that determines what the rest of that room, the quarterback room, looks like. Um, and so that uh, there will be a lot said based upon who they do bring in free agent-wise if the Jets do and then what that means for the draft. Who do you anticipate will be playing in the Super Bowl as you look at it right now as we head into the divisional weekend? Well, AFC, I think it, it certainly comes down to the Steelers and, and the Patriots. I don't think the Jaguars nor the Titans have a chance mm. at all in winning these games on Sunday. I think those two teams are the, are the two elite teams in AFC, and the reason that the Steelers do have a chance to beat the Patriots is because they have the offensive firepower uh, to compete and to score point for point. And it's really going to come down to, in New England, can Pittsburgh's defense get a few stops uh, to create an advantage for Pittsburgh's offense. Uh, going to be very difficult to do. You know, losing that game in the regular season completely flipped the tide on the Steelers and made it much more difficult for them to try to win the AFC. In the NFC, it's a really interesting dynamic. You have three um, dome teams, and uh, the Saints get the benefit of going to Minnesota, which I think if they had to go outdoors and play Philly or be in an outdoor stadium, this divisional round game would be completely different. But I'm really interested to see how Drew Brees and the Saints offense plays against the Vikings defense indoors. Even though it's in Minnesota, it is indoors, and those elements are gone. The one element you're dealing with is crowd noise. Um, and and so that will be interesting. Um, and then with, with the Falcons, can they deal with the elements in Philly? If this game was inside, I think you know you would really say, hey, they've got the edge. Um, so uh, that those two games, I think, are completely up for grabs, uh, and they could go either way. I think the winner of the New Orleans-Minnesota game this weekend wins the Super Bowl. Wow. Yep, sign me up, because I think Minnesota right now – Probably has the most complete roster in football, but we don't know what we're going to get out of Case Keenum, and he's facing one of the best who ever played your position, Chad, in Drew Brees. And while they got stuffed with the run game last week against Carolina, Brees won it with his right arm, and he can do that again. If they get manhandled up front where Brees doesn't have any time at all, I can see uh, Minnesota winning that game and uh, uh, and going on, obviously, and staying at home and playing at home during the Super Bowl. I just think that the winner of this game can beat either one of the clubs over there on the AFC side because I feel like they're more complete. And even though the, both Pittsburgh and New England have those prolific offenses, I think New Orleans has a match for everybody because the run game and Breeze with the pass game, and they haven't depended on Breeze uh, so much this season. And then uh, I worry about New Orleans defense. Yep. I worry about they have played better. 
uh, much better than the few years past, but I just worry, you know, is that a little bit soft? Right. Um, and there's no question. And, and, and what obviously scares me about Minnesota and Philadelphia is just quarterback play. Yep. Um, look at Look at the national championship game. I mean, quarterback play was the difference in those two teams who had athletes everywhere, solid defenses. Um, the difference in the first half was that quarterback play for Georgia was outstanding and the Alabama quarterback play was non-existent. And then the second half, when Alabama got the quarterback play it needed, then that's what turned the tide, and, and that's where you really see it because when you get down to it, a quarterback is going to have to make some plays uh, with his arm to really create that separation that your team needs. And the two AFC teams in Pittsburgh and, and New England, they have that uh, NFC-wise. The Saints and the Falcons have that, right. and the questions uh, lie uh, with with uh, Philadelphia and Minnesota. But they're the two teams that have the home field advantage, so you can certainly see them getting through because of the home field advantage. But then once you get to the Super Bowl, there is no home field advantage. What does it look like now? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Well. That was fun, Chad. We're going to have to catch up with you real soon because you're going down to the Senior Bowl to a mobile. Uh, real quickly, what are you going to be doing uh, down uh, during Senior Bowl week? So the NFL Legends community has sent uh, three of us down uh, to uh, Mobile. Uh, all three of us, Winter Wheeler, Donovan Darius, and myself, we played in the Senior Bowl. Um, and so uh, it's one of those um, extensions of the NFL to really – begin to build relationships with our young players and our prospects now instead of uh, after they're done playing from a league perspective to to use um, places like the senior bowl the combine uh, the draft to really introduce the legends community to these young prospects where things are going well now but because they see our face and they know that we care about them now when they do become a former player, and right now they can't think about that, but there is an inevitability there that that will happen, that they have a place to go and people that care about them and their and their success uh, off the field and after football is over. And so really establishing those relationships and having that presence now is so important, and that's, that's the, the reason for the NFL Legends community. All right, that's going to be awesome down there, but we'll definitely catch up before... You take the trip down to Alabama. You don't have to go too far south. Chad Pennington, thanks as always. Thank you, guys. All right, that was Chad Pennington. EA, you gave your predictions. Chad gave his. I'm going Saints-Patriots. That's my call. I think the Saints go to Minnesota two times in the postseason. They never play outdoors. Like Chad Pennington says, I think that helps them. And then I think New England doubles down against the Sealers, gets the win in Gillette Stadium, and then... They'll be looking for number six. Uh, New England has had a lot of people's numbers over the years, and included in that has been the Pittsburgh Steelers. I did not watch that first meeting. I think the Jets, oh man, you I, missed I, out. I think the Jets were on the road. That was the four o'clock game that week. Um, did not see any of that action. Uh, with that being said, I, I think Pittsburgh's going to go to New England championship weekend. And they're taking care of business. They they're going to take down the Patriots. Okay. And I'm not saying again. I know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes, whatever. I just feel that way. I feel New England's vulnerable. I think Pittsburgh offensively has the ability to put it all together and make just enough stops against the Patriots offense to win. But I agree with Chad. I don't give Tennessee and Jacksonville much of a chance 
to win this weekend. And on the other side, listen, I've just been thoroughly impressed by everything New Orleans has done since the beginning of the season. I give them a slight edge over Minnesota, and whoever's coming out of that game is, is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I think, as that, you said, and I think that team will win the Super Bowl. I think a Falcon Saints NFC Championship would be tremendous. It would be because those, team, those teams hate each other. Yep. Um, and those games are great. And not to mention the NFC South, they got some talent down there because the Saints and Panthers played three times that was a this hell, season. That was a hell of a game. That and was a great I, game. I give New Orleans a lot of credit for winning that third battle. It's really hard to beat a team, especially a team who's solid and pretty complete, well-rounded on both sides of the ball like Carolina. They beat them three times in yeah. one year. That's a tough thing to do, and they got it done. Some uh, nail-biting moments for uh, the Saints fans. But listen, as Randy Lang wrote on uh, NewYorkJets.com last week, the Jets were 3-1 and one against teams who participated on wild, in Wild Card Weekend. Mm -hmm. The other thing we should mention is that the Jets played very well against every playoff team because you think about their battle with Atlanta, their clash with Carolina here at MetLife Stadium, and then their home game against New England. The last game of the year, a little bit different. Bryce Petty uh, in the lineup for Josh McCown. But by and large, the Jets very competitive this year. Uh, Todd Bowles said it in his season-ending message to the Jets here. One Jets drive was no excuses. Uh, he doesn't want anybody saying, oh, well, we were competitive or we stayed close or it was just a couple plays, things like that. That's the Jets mantra i think heading into the offseason no excuses yep. get it done baby and just looking ahead real quick not going to dive into it but the jets are playing a lot of the current playoff teams next season too because you got the vikings you got the jaguars the bills the titans and of course the patriots every year twice a year as long with the bills so we'll touch on the schedule at a later date but that's all we got ea's and eg's super bowl picks and playoff picks and Chad Pennington so make sure to stay tuned just because football is no longer here doesn't mean that EA and I stopped there will always be a podcast on the official Jets podcast network so make sure to stay tuned